God bless you. God is good all the time. You will notice that God has has me in more of a teaching mode than a preaching mode of late. And uh, uh, I'm still, uh, I must follow those directions uh, that he's given to us. And so, but I trust that, you know, it will enrich your lives and uh, you won't be bored, but you will grasp and gather uh, things that will be beneficial uh, for the kingdom and for the world that God has sent us into. Uh, On the menu is, uh, starting with today, is going to start the subject matter of God's treasury department. God's treasury department. And we'll look at, you know, some amazing particulars of that. Keys to it. It will not all be covered this morning. And then, you know, a follow-up with Heaven's Incentive Program. Heaven has an incentive program. And uh, uh, the, uh, the Lord has placed it on my heart. And really, uh, you know, I trust that it will be uh, uh, good for you. But I don't know if you've thought about that God has a treasure department. You probably have read it in the scriptures, but you never really gave that association to it. What is a treasury? It's an office for keeping and distributing funds. The United States has a treasury department in role, and its role is the steward of U.S. economic and financial systems. It's an executive agency responsible for promoting economic prosperity and ensuring financial security. It is, of course, an influential part of the world's economy. One of the roles of the Treasury Department is to conduct audits, to record and to promote the economy's efficiency and effectiveness, to detect fraud, waste, and abuse. That's just a little insight on treasury we have some verses if we could this morning the Lord will open to you his good the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. This is when they were first entering the promised land and the city of Jericho. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Anybody get in the treasury department? 
image. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Give and it shall be given. To you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown, increase the fruits of your righteousness. I don't know if you noticed, but when I read the definition of treasury, all of those passages of scriptures incorporate some element of that definition. Let me begin this morning by saying that increase in prosperity, diligence and investing are not frowned upon by God. Hoarding is. Yes. Investment, increasing, efficiency, effectiveness. God does not frown upon that, but he does frown upon unhoarding. And this is about more than money. It's your life. Each of us is investing our lives in something that total of how we spend our days amounts to the investment of our lives. The beauty of it is, is it is in our vocation that the call to love our neighbor comes to us through duties which are attached to the social place of our station. I've talked to you much about your field, your placement. That's what that phrase is saying. Okay? It's in our vocation that the call to love our neighbor comes to us through the duties which attach to our social place or station. Amen? Yes. You see, God has an economic system. Much of the world's economic system is based upon that. However, there are some diversions, without a doubt, because of the motivation and the reasons. Number one, God's economic system is based upon that there is a God who created the heavens, the earth, the universe, and he owns it all. God's economic system is that security comes from God and not things. In God's economic system, generosity is important. In his system, financial decisions, life decisions need to be based on eternal perspectives.
I already mentioned how that there is a similarity between the heavenly and the earthly economics. Fact is, in Genesis, as it starts out, there is the format. Number one, we are to be creative. We're supposed to be stewards and owners. Yes. While God owns everything, he still gives us property rights that are subject to the requirements of stewardship. And the Eighth Commandment validates this. Thou shalt not steal ownership. All right? So in God's economic, there was creativity and freedom, stewardship and ownership, and work. Remember Gillian's Island? Every time the word work comes up, his voice got real high. Work! (laughs) Amen. Yes. Now, listen to this. Work is not primarily a thing one does to live. But the thing one lives to do. Genesis. The first thing. What am I doing here? Work. You can help me out this morning with a smile at least, okay? (laughs) Yes. In God's economy and ours, or as it should be in ours as, as Christians, Christ is everything. His person, his work, it should constitute the center as well as the circumference and the entire sphere of the activity in God's economy. Christ. I'm sure you agree with that. God's economic principle found in the greatest commandment is love God and your neighbor. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. It's an economic principle. Without God at the center, without Christ at the center, economics becomes idolatry. For you cannot serve God and mammon. Prophets become idolatrous and efficiency and idle. Food for thought. In God's economic vision, isn't an equitable soup kitchen, though those are necessary. You know, where everybody gets fed, it's a potluck feast. 
Oh, church, where everyone brings a plate. And that plate is work. Yes, the law of gleaning. The story of Ruth and Boaz shows us the primary way that people bring their plates. Ruth had to glean the fields. She had to work. She wasn't the one that gathered the main harvest, but she did bring her own plate. And therefore, it was a feast. Fantastic. In the world's economy, things work on buying and selling. In God's kingdom, it works with giving and receiving. Yes. It was in Luke chapter 12 and verse 21 as Jesus is dealing with the rich young fool. And he begins to wrap up his conversation with them as, of course, he goes away quite down. And he says that not rich toward God. Rich in every way, but not rich toward God. Hmm. Absolutely. The important thing is this morning is how rich are you toward God? He says that if possessions are laid up for yourself and somehow that you are not rich in your relationship with the Lord, you are missing the most vital, important part of what life is about. Absolutely. It is when riches is your life and not just a means in your life. Now we're going to talk about life, but we're in money right now. It can be hazardous or helpful. Hazardous or helpful. So I believe this morning that the first place that you need to invest is in your relationship with God. In order for all of the other investments 
to be successful, not in terms of, just in terms of the earthly avenue, but in terms of when the auditor of the treasury department of the kingdom of heaven makes his audit. Jesus says that the movement of your treasure reveals the movement of your heart. Again, blessing is what he loves to do, but investing in your relationship with God. And so how will we do that? Let me suggest, take a look honestly at your present priorities. Recognize the stress of chaos versus the blessing of order. Don't let desire spiral out of control. Prioritize God in God's work. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life and empower you to live God's way. Can I get an amen? Well, that was quiet. <laughs> and get to know God through his word and through his and through prayers. There needs to be a balance between tending the barn and letting the barn be used for mission and ministry. Rich Toward God. Woo! You can be rich toward God. A man's life does not consist in the things that he possesses, but really in his relationship, you know, with the Lord. God has made an investment in you as a believer. You need to guard it, that deposit. You need to treasure it. Well, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of God, the excellency may be of God and not of ourselves. Does your portfolio including eternal investments. Yeah. According to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 7, he says, everyone needs to make a determination. He needs to purpose in his own heart. To decide 
on his portfolio, whether or not it will include or and how much it will include regarding the kingdom and eternal investments. He's got to decide. Yes. It's possible to invest in the treasury of God because God has local branches. Local branches. You will discover that church is a local branch, a depository. You will find that parachurch ministries, local branches, you will find that people in need are also opportunities of heaven's branch office. Think about it. Yeah. Someone has said there are three things that you can do with your life. You can waste it, you can spend it on yourself, or you can invest it. According to the parable found in Matthew 25 with regard to the talents, that God determines the initial allocation. God does. But you determine after the initial allocation, the increase of that allocation. According to that parable, he says if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you use it, you increase it. It says that there are three rewards and one word of loss that comes from that parable. One is affirmation. Two is promotion. Three is celebration. And fourth is you lose it. All dependent on what you do with the initial allocation. Which in the book... God's treasury department. He says, you need to lay up treasures in heaven. Let me give you some biblical scriptures and insights on the areas of investment. According to Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, he says the local church and staff is a area of investment. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Missionaries. Third John chapter five or chapter five. Third John five through eight. You go ahead and look for third John chapter five. <laughs> 
Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to help such that we may become fellow workers with the truth. How's your portfolio? Missions. And then the poor. Proverbs 14 and 31 says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Proverbs 28 and 27, he who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eye will have many curses. Things just don't work out. Hallelujah. God's treasury department. In this... It says that God has a treasury room. He said, I will open my good treasure. And in the context of that, he's using the cultural element of it. You know what I mean? But rain, as you go to Job, you know, depicts blessing. Blessing. According to Job, when Job, when God said to Job, do you know where my treasure of snow is at? Now here we in the Northwoods, we don't look at it quite in this aspect, but snow actually has a scriptural, you know, emphasis and reference of the glory of the Lord. Your sins shall be as scarlet and be white as snow, the glory of the Lord. And then of course then there's hail. Where do I keep the hail? Hail is actually the judgment of God. So God has treasures, a treasury of blessing. And he said he would he would open it up. So Deposits. You make deposits and you can make withdrawals. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. There's some withdrawals. He slides seed to the sower and bread for the eater. It's withdrawals. When you make and I make a deposit here in the natural arena, it's just purely the amount that gets recorded. Your deposit was X amount. 
But yet within the beautiful work and word of scriptures, we discover that God's deposit slip records more than the amount. Yes, more than the amount. It, dis- it records the attitude of the giver. It records the sacrifice of the giver. And it records the purpose of the giver. The generosity in relationship to supply is all recorded in the depository slip. In Luke chapter 21, there's offerings being taken or given. Jesus is noticing the the givers. He notices, of course, this poor widow. She doesn't have much, but she puts in all she has. And he says, she has given more than all of them. He doesn't speak ill of the amounts, but he shows us that there's more to giving than the amount. It's the Apostle Paul that also begins to frame, you know what I mean, the depository ticket when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, if I give my body to be burned and don't have love, if I give it all away and I don't have the right attitude, See, this morning I'm helping you and me get some treasury in heaven. Because those things increase the value of what you give. He is not just, he's not looking solely at the amount that is given. He's looking at the fact, he says, I love a cheerful giver. I love a purposeful giver. I notice a sacrificial giver. Time, talent, and resources all are part of potential for the depository. So I love this because, you see, attitude increases the value of what's given. In God's economy, the heart condition is important. important. 
In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And he's kind of strong in his words. And I'm not going to use it this morning because I want to come here next Sunday and preach. <laughs> okay. But he says, you, you, you're a very, really exact in your tithing. I mean, whatever... You know, the amount was exact, and every little thing they made sure that, you know what I mean? They gave God their portion. But there were some weightier matters that were missing in their life. Oh, their everyday living. Not just at the offering plate, but in the everyday living, he says. And there's some real weighty matters here that, that you know, heaven's treasury was taken account of and is recording. He says, you really need to pay attention to them. He says, these you ought to do and not leave the others undone. In other words, you know. How many know there's some weighty matters in the kingdom? I want to see if we got some voices out. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise there we go. All right. <laughs> I need lots of encouragement. You know what I mean? Amen. <laughs> he says there is justice, mercy, and faith. It's missing. It's missing in their lives that needs to accompany our giving, he says. What is justice? It's, it's, it's honor and looking out for others. Justice is honor and looking out for others. It's mercy. What is mercy? It's having compassion, you know, in treating with kindness. Faith is living in that spirit of justice and mercy. In the treasure department of heaven, there are some words that God looks for and that you know, are representative of our heart. He says that you do it thoughtfully. You do it enthusiastically. You do it voluntarily. And you do it cheerfully. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. <laughs> oh, church. Absolutely. Investing our lives. Investing our lives. See, giving is a seed. It's like a seed. No matter what form that it starts in, when it is given with, as we have discussed, you know what I mean? The layout of the economy of God. When it's given within that realm, 
it all of a sudden receives a life-giving potential to reproduce. Because when God made the earth, the fruits and the seeds, he placed within it the ability for it to reproduce. And he talks to us about sowing. Yes. Imagine, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. That's an understandable principle. But think about it. That your giving all of a sudden receives divine potential to produce the harvest. Our means of exchanges, of course, is different than when the Bible days were, although they did have, you know... You remember the story, the widow of Zeropath. She was down to her last meal. She had enough just for one more meal. And along comes the man of God, and how unscrupulous of him would you take your last meal and Make it for me. She has her doubts, she has her questions, but she has her trust too. She does that. She sows. And when she sows, she releases the potential of that which has been sown. Left unsown, it would have than the last meal. When it was sown, it became many meals. And that's what Paul is saying in rites. And that's what Jesus is telling us, you know, about treasures in heaven. He is not interesting, interested in knowing somehow, you know, Improving what he has in his treasure chest. He is interested in improving what you have in your treasure chest. Hallelujah. Your time, your treasure, and your talents in essence when Jesus says where your treasure is there will your heart be also he is saying wherever you put your treasure okay or put your treasure wherever you want your heart to be (laughs) 
If you want your heart to get into the kingdom, if you want your heart concerning you know, eternal things, if you want your heart, you know what I mean, electrified, if you want your heart rich toward God, begin to invest in that direction. I really want to be rich toward God. I'm serious. I want to be rich toward God. I am a lifelong preacher. Born and raised. Cut my teeth on it, everything on it, you know. But here I am at this stage of my journey, and I want to be rich toward God. I have a lot of things and I'm blessed and I enjoy my blessings and all of that. But I want to be rich toward God. And so do you. You see, giving is really a spiritual issue. Serving is really a spiritual issue. It is not only a spiritual issue, it is a relational issue. Now, I hope you don't feel like you're being disciplined, but if you are, consider it love, okay? <laughs> As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Alignment, that's all, you know? Listen, God has been, you know, aligning my life. I didn't even think it was out of a line. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't have anybody. People weren't telling me my life was out of a line, you know? Nobody was coming to me, you know? I think most people are saying, man, you know, they almost praise me. But God says, well, that's maybe an adjustment here, a little improvement, maybe, you know. You see, a preacher must be first partakers of the fruit. And that, is, that doesn't just mean of, the, of the, that income that comes in. They need to make sure they're practicing what they preach to the best of their ability in the help of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, it's so wonderful, church. You know what I mean? Depositing in God's treasury reflects a true in God we trust. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. God, I trust you. We will not get to it this morning, but in this story of of the treasury of God, we will discover how far-reaching this treasure, when it's in his treasury, reaches into your life. You get a whole lot more back 
than just what you sowed. You get more back than just the item looking that you you sowed. Yes, hallelujah. So as my musicians come this morning, and we have a wonderful time down there. So we mentioned that the Treasury Department records the investment of time, the talents, the treasure, the attitude, and the sacrifice. Stand with me, musicians that are coming. Time is actually investing the minutes of your life in the priorities of God. Now, I started out by telling you, you know, that... The, the, the place, the vocation, the area, the arena. Not asking you to quit your job. I'm not asking you to leave your fields. The psalmist said this in Psalm 90 and 12. He says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to Wisdom. Time priorities. Yes. That's what he's saying. In the story of the rich young ruler, it says in the conclusion of it that his time run out. This night, Your soul is required or the accountability of your life. God put it there. Your talent. Put in your skills to work in the family of God. Understand that you are a full vessel, but just with varying capacities. That's right. You are a full vessel. Your capacity is just different than the next guy's. In God's family, everybody's considered gifted. In God's family, everybody's considered gifted he hasn't left anyone out no the treasure is that joy of partnering with God we've already talked about attitudes and sacrifice Can I quickly give you, I've got a few minutes, we're not going very far. I shouldn't have you standing, but I do. You may be seated. Sit, I, I, I've got a, 
Bless him, Lord, right? <laughs> there are five funds. There are five funds in God's treasury that you can give to. I'm not saying that's the only one, but I'm going to share five funds with you. God, God has five investment funds. The first one is God's growth fund. Really has to do with the first one we talked about. You know what I mean? And that is your growth in God. Proverbs 10 and 16 says this, invest in truth and wisdom, discipline and good sense, and don't part with them. 16 and 6, it is said it's much better to get wisdom and knowledge than gold and silver. And 2 Peter said that we need to grow in grace and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So first and foremost is your personal growth. Invest. Invest in your spiritual growth. God has a mutual fund. You can invest in eternity by encouraging one another, by encouraging fellowship. Paul writes in Romans 12, in verse 10, love not one another with mutual affection. Woo! Yeah! 12 and 13, share what you have with God's people who are in need. Show hospitality. Invest. It's the mutual fund of God. And when you invest in that mutual fund like that, you're saying, I'm in God's family. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 12 and verse 13, 12 and 13, creates unity and it witnesses, it says, to unbelievers. It says in 3 John chapter 5, it says, you make your faith visible. And God has a service fund. It's wherein we serve others. Ecclesiastes says this, be generous, invest in the acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods, spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. It might be the last office of depository that you have. God has a global fund. It has to do with bringing people to him, invest in evangelism. There's a passage of scripture that confuses people. It's found in Luke chapter 16, when it says to make friends of mammon in the world. He's actually saying, use your money for soul winning. So when the time comes, you can be ushered into eternity. Given, you know what I mean? Making friends of mammon and just being buddies with them doesn't get you into heaven. It's their soul. Well, grace gets us into heaven, you know. 
And then, of course, God's treasury fund that we've talked enough about. Now you can stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to, if you would, I want you to start visualizing, you know, these things more in that capacity that God has a treasury department. A treasury department. Praise God. And he's concerned about your eternal investments. When you and I leave this earth, will we be leaving our treasures or will we be going to our treasures? Hallelujah. Yeah. Nothing in the field changes by and large but the heart. Just the heart. Do we have a song and a prayer? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Give the Lord a praise first before we sing it. Woo! Amen. Put your treasures where they, where they don't, you can't lose them. You can't lose them. Amen. It's not a matter about your possessions. It's a matter of, do you have your possessions or do your possessions have you? Father, we thank you this morning. Oh Lord, that you give us the option today. And you encourage our hearts, Lord God, to look further than this life. First, Lord, by investing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, being involved with the kingdom and the future and the eternity of our lives in not just this life here on this earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for divine protection of our earthly investments in the divine purposes. Bless our fellowship today our fun, our food. God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all people said amen. Amen. Go with God because he's going with you. We'll give some more keys next week.